Hello and welcome to Fox River, a Prison Break podcast presented by The Ravens, a movie and TV show podcast. I'm Simon and I love Prison Break. And I'm Dom and I'm a first time watcher of Prison Break. And before we get into anything here, we're here to tell you that we recorded the first three episodes of Prison Break Season 1, Episodes 1 to 3, over three years ago. It's just about three years ago now, Dom, actually, a little bit over that we recorded those episodes. And that was quite near the beginning of our podcast journey, so to speak. And we were trying maybe to do too much at that point we were doing one tree hill we were doing we tried we dipped our toe in star trek we were doing movies we were we got a bit overexcited i think with podcasting and we actually decided we're just going to focus on one tree hill which we continued to do and now we're in the midst of season seven of that so we've gone the whole we're going the whole way but There is a new Prison Break podcast that has just come out with the cast with Sarah Wayne Callis and Paul Edelstein uh, called Prison Breaking. So firstly, if you haven't listened to that, it's just started. It's really great. Find that wherever you get podcasts. But listening to that, it just really reignited my passion and excitement uh, for Prison Break. Now, their podcast is very unique because it's from a cast perspective, talking a lot about behind the scenes and how everything was put together and the creation process and their experiences as well as their opinion on the show but hopefully this will be like a nice companion piece to go with that of giving you a fan perspective as well as Dom who has seen bits of the first season but a very long time ago Uh, so we can get some of his prediction element particularly when we get beyond season one but also just hearing that fan perspective But I just wanted to put out here, or we wanted to put out here, that the first three episodes, you know, they were recorded a long time ago, and but we're going to go straight into episode four. Uh, But yeah, if they sound different, that'll be the reason why. But we're committed to doing this. We'll get there all the way through the the five seasons. Dom, how are you feeling about Prison Break? Did I kind of hit the general, you know, history of us and Prison Break so far? Yeah. Absolutely. I think the bail conditions have been broken. We're back in Gen Pop and we're going to talk about it. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good fun. Uh, I, you know, catching up on it and rewatching the, the first few episodes, um, getting ready to start our podcast was exciting. So I'm looking forward to the future and the rest of it. Excellent. So yeah, I hope you, we hope you enjoy these first three episodes and we look forward to catching up with you in real time on episode four of season one and going forward. So we'll see you in Gem Pop. Welcome to Fox River, a Prison Break podcast. I'm Dom, I've seen the first season once and no more. And I'm Simon and I love Prison Break. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 1, Episode 2, Alan. Welcome to Fox River, a Prison Break podcast where it's always 10.30 at night, so it's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard 
move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is season one episode two alan and that's not me getting your name wrong now simon <laughs> we're back we finally made it to episode two yay hey how are you <laughs> i'm very well my friend how are you i'm very well as well thank you very much so we'll do the we'll do the morning pleasantries as we're in lockdown so uh some of our listeners may know because you may have come from our other podcast platform, uh, the Ravens podcast, uh, where we discuss being in lockdown and not being able to be near each other or see each other in person. So we do everything uh, over Zoom at the moment. But uh, if you are just a Fox River listener, then thank you so much. It's great to have you on board. Uh, the reason we had such a big gap between episodes was for a number of reasons. Um uh, Christmas is is a very busy time of year for for me and what I do because I work in food retail, and Simon had the birth of his lovely little baby boy. He's actually named Alan. He's <laughs> now no. called. Who's now called Alan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. His name's not Alan, but I do need to come up with some sort of prison name for him though oh. i have higher hopes than for him to go to prison so maybe that's not a good idea we just call but... him the chief or something like that warden <laughs> yeah so something that's not an inmate would be great he's now but, the uh... warden of all your time isn't he so let's, let's that's true we could just call him the warden <laughs> He's definitely got my sleep pattern behind bars. I think you could <laughs> definitely say that. In terms of having but, uh, numb. Yeah, exactly. It's life on parole for sleep. <laughs> um, but yeah, the having the having the gap uh, will be an anomaly for us. Uh, we just wanted to get that first episode out to try and uh, you know cement our spot because there is. We are the only Prison Break podcast out there, so we we want to make sure that we we got that in, and then uh, and now we're back 2021, and these will come out weekly now. So we're thinking every Thursday. Is that right, Dom? That's the plan. That's the aim. So obviously we've got busy busy schedules, and we we want to do the right things for each other and make sure we've got the time and we've actually had sleep, um, or can at least function without it. Um, but yeah the the plan is every thursday excellent very cool very cool so what's next what do we do we're going into this let's uh let's have a little reminder of your uh prison break experience so where did it where did it all begin for you and you've seen it all tell us a little bit about it yeah so this is my fifth time watching uh, I love Prison Break. I watched it when it first came out. Um, just binged through the first season, uh, and then it kind of, it kind of got me. Like I kind of see Prison Break and Lost as the the evolution of TV, and it taking it to to new heights and that sort of forty two minute episode format that is now just kind of the the standard, and uh, it was yeah i think it really elevated tv and so and for me it just holds a special place because uh it's one of the first tv shows that i really loved i was watching prison break and lost at the at the same time and uh they're just such both are just such amazing great high energy dramatic shows and my life was completely different from when i started watching prison break to when i finished in terms of its spanned 
me um, being at college through the university, sort of that period from uh, where you're transitioning from adolescence into early adulthood. Uh, and then it came back again in 2017 for like the, the reboot that we'll talk about when we get there eventually. And then at that point, my life was completely different as well, because that came out when I was like, you know, just got just uh, turned 30. So um, it's kind of something that's sort, that's sort of been with me through my development as a human uh, and something that that has a special place in my heart it's very different to one tree hill so one tree hill is the other uh, show that we cover uh, on our podcast network the ravens where that's a show that kind of influenced me personally this is a show that is just great entertainment and that i you know just sort of love as a fan so amazing show can't wait to dive into it further remind us dom your uh your background with prison break so i uh... I originally watched Prison Break probably around 2006 um, when the first season would have been sort of just released over here. So I know it was released 2005, like summer of 2005, um, especially in the States. And then when it came over here, I think it was a bit later in that, that year. So it would have been, by the time it got to me, it would have been, yeah, around 2006. But I used to watch it on a friend's computer while we were at university. So I had no, like control of watching it if that makes sense i'd just go around and he'd be like yeah let's let's watch another one of these and and just kept throwing it on which was which was fine but the, as i'm watching these episodes now so i went back and watched um like bit of the first episode again just to get into a reminder of things and i started watching as i was watching the second episode i was thinking i have absolutely no recollection of any of the outside prison story at all Mm. so any of the stuff with veronica um and is it paul is it kellerman the uh, secret service guy i had absolutely no like real recollection of of what they're up to um and uh, we'll talk about that more when we get to it but there was only elements of you know scenes within the prison that i was starting to remember as like flashbacks it's like oh yeah okay i remember this now so my my memory of, of prison break is actually really bad as as much as i enjoyed it i only ever watched the first season as well i didn't watch any anything beyond that and it, it was more to do with access and not having the access that we have now it was literally just because the first season was out someone had it on their laptop and i watched it and then beyond that i never kind of sought to watch the rest because you know netflix and stuff like that wasn't around so it was just watch whatever's in front of you i suppose yeah so do you think then because you was watching it with a friend um did you potentially not see all of the episodes of the first season and they're potentially ones that he watched without you you know that would be uh black holes in your memory and knowledge oh a- absolutely almost certainly it's, it's that it's the sort of program where you will just you put it on and then like four episodes later you'll go okay i'll turn it off now um and i have no doubt that there'll be moments where uh he would have done that and like watched an additional episode or something like that and i would have come in part way through i probably wasn't paying attention the whole time um but like messing about on my phone or something like that so uh yeah it's great to get back into it it's great to be back here it's you know it's january it's cold it's miserable but we're back. We're happy. We're pumped. <laughs> we're psyched for prison break. Let's prison Bance is back. Prison Bance is in full swing in 2021. Stray Arm <laughs> Simon is here. 
and Johnny Trojan. <laughs> the rubber man is the, back. The rubber man. Oh, scary. <laughs> where? So, oh, go on. Well, I was going to say, where? Where do we begin? I was going to say exactly that. Well, let's, let's do what we do on our other podcast, where we pick a character from the episode, and we go through their journey of the episode, and then some of them interweave. Sometimes we don't do everything as, as linear as, you know, some people would like or we would even like, but we, we get pretty much all of the content of the episode. So what character would you like to start with? We have quite an extensive list today. We do. We do, don't we? I mean, I mean should, would, it make, would it make sense to start with Michael because he's going to interweave everyone or is that like the, the obvious choice? No, that's, it's never an obvious choice, is it? Uh, I was thinking that you'd start with um, someone like Small House and then, <laughs> and then work your way up from there. Small House? Who's Small House? It's, it's, the, name, it's the name of the guy. You know when uh, Brucey gets uh, two visitors? Uh, the guy that basically yes. calls him like Sackless or whatever. <laughs> it's called Small House. And he's, and he's, how did you know that? Did he reference it in the show? Is this IMDb? How have you got this? I think he mentions his name when he, when he approaches the table, doesn't he? What a name? Small house. <laughs> What's your name? Bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, semi-detached. All right. <laughs> Maisonette. So are we starting that, with, that... we starting with Michael? No, I want to start with Small House now. You want to start with he... Small House? I like I love that bit. He's like, you shouldn't talk to me like this. You used to do my laundry. I used to do my laundry. He's like, Who are you? Small house? Where are you now? Detached house? Mansion? You've you've elevated? <laughs> you've got an extension? Oh, we've added a porch, have we? <laughs> or a little conservatory, huh? <laughs> so, oh, we're turning into a big house now, are we? <laughs> uh, no, yeah. That's, let's start with Michael. Where... Where did Michael begin? So the very beginning of the episode starts with Michael playing, we'll say checkers, but over here it's mm. drafts with yeah. um, Charles Westmoreland. Yeah, and they're having AKA a DB Cooper having a nice, a nice little chat, and he's got his cat with him. What's the cat's name? Uh, I can't remember. That's one. That's... Marlin. Marlin. Oh, sure. It's Marlin. Let's go with Marlin. He's, he's cuddling uh, his cat, his lovely tabby cat. Lovely cat. Well, a lovely he's cat. Had... It's such a calm yeah. cat as well. There's riots and all sorts, and the cat's just chilling. Cat's fine. Seen it all before. Cat's got blades. <laughs> cat's got... It does. It's got claws. It's got, them it's got multiple... Sh- and nine lives. So <laughs> come at me, no, you know? Me- no messing with this prison cat. <laughs> what I like about this, this scene is... Um, Westmoreland saying, "This is crazy. You're you're anticipating my moves three steps ahead, which is just great. You know, like is in he's so calculated in everything he does, and like you said, he's the coolest the coolest character on TV, and it continues. Yeah, absolutely. He's just so calm about everything. So they're they're playing their their drafts game, and and uh, we'll call it checkers. Sorry, and uh, Westmoreland is like." This is about to happen. So you're super smart, and you can see what's happening in front of you right here. But look around, mm. look around the yard. Can you feel the tension? Can you see that something's building? There's going to be a riot. And I think mm. Michael's a little bit surprised by this because obviously he's not experienced that. He's not experienced prison. 
he doesn't know but he's talking to someone who's already you know he's a 60 year old man who's got another 60 years of prison to go he's probably already done you know 30 plus years inside um and uh he he tells him look 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 around the yard you can you can feel the tension and it it starts building when the two so the two sort of like white guys go over to the the weight section and they get pushed away by um the the group of of black guys as well they sort of have their it kind of already starts that little race row between them doesn't it mm, yeah the tension is is definitely building and then the there's sort of a pattern of the episode of um michael sort of being in the middle and uh c-note we'll talk about at, at one point is sort of questioning uh if if michael is going to choose a side or where his um you know alliances are going to lie and then teabag who we get introduced to later who i'm i'm sure we both have plenty to say about <laughs> um you know is also questioning that from the other perspective um uh, michael really is is just wanting to stay out of it and uh i mean he has some great lines um later and he says that you know his relationship with C Note it transcends race, uh, and then there's all the also these questions of, you know what what side of the of 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 this are you sitting on? Because and I guess these are little um, pointers to the fact that in re- in real life that Wentworth Miller is uh, of mixed heritage, um, and then Lincoln Dominic. Uh, Purcell in real life is a uh, Caucasian Australian so you know their brotherhood is uh is you know potentially potentially not but you know there was there was, we, a, it, there was a great little moment where um Dominic Purcell lost his accent ever so slightly when he's talking to Veronica he sounded because he's Australian isn't he yeah, uh, yeah yeah and he sounded very Australian and then went immediately back into um being his american like link the sink moment <laughs> what what's really nice is in real life uh dominic purcell and wenworth miller are like are really good friends like really good friends like they it's like they are like brothers um from you know other mothers so it's uh it's really nice because when you know that people have a really good relationship off screen um it kind of helps you to have more believability to it on screen so um yeah i and yeah i think it's really good but uh, it, it is a theme of the episode yeah i i would totally agree with the um the knowing the relationship off screen if you're watching something and you know that these people never got on then it it makes it slightly more difficult to watch Mm. I I get that completely. It's like you wouldn't expect to watch Friends, for example, and know that they all hated each other. Yeah. I mean, they they didn't, but you wouldn't. It wouldn't feel right, would it? It would just feel you kind of feel a bit strange about it after a little while. I know exactly what you mean by that. By well, you know, my wife, uh, we were watching TV the other day, and Dirty Dancing was on. It's one of my wife's favorite movies, and. She was telling me, and I didn't know this, but did you know famously um, Patrick Swayze, I forget the woman's name, Baby, the woman that plays Baby, they like hated each other in real life. 
during filming. Uh, yeah, they'd, they'd done a film together previously and they, they just didn't get on. They'd done like a, a short, mm. like a few scenes together in a film previously and they hated each other. And I think when, um, I can't remember what way, what way around it was, but one of them was picked to be in the film and then begged like the producers and the writers not to pick the other to be in it. They were like, please oh, wow. don't. Please. I think it was her. I think she was picked and was saying, please don't have Patrick Swayze in this film. Please, please, please. It, just don't have him in it. That's crazy. And then I didn't, yeah, I did. There's like a moment between them where uh, Swayze basically goes to her dressing room, tells everyone to, to bugger off, locks himself in with her, and they like, they like hash it out until they sort out all their problems. Oh, that's good. And then by the end of it, I think they were they were okay with each other. And then the rest of the tension they just worked out on the dance floor. Absolutely. So. <laughs> Which is the best way. I know that we've done it's that before. Many times I've just been like, Dom, to the dance floor. Let's work this out. Let's go for it. <laughs> From prison bands to the dance floor. Absolutely. Okay, so... Where does uh, Michael go next? I mean, some of this is going to kind of be out of order, I guess. Um, but oh, they um, <laughs> Sucre, they're in they're in their prison cell, and Sucre is peeing. He's yeah. like having a little having a little sing little sing song, little whistle. He's having a good time. He's he's making circles with his pee. You know, he it doesn't doesn't seem like he's having an awful time in prison. Seems. <laughs> and it goes on for some time as well. <laughs> it's like a casual Saturday morning. Like ah, I've got the world in my hand. I can do anything I want. I'm peeing and I'm happy. And then the toilet won't flush. Michael, why wouldn't the toilet? Why is that a problem? That means what, Dom? We can't flush our contraband. Oh boy! They're doing a shakedown. They're coming. I just, I just have to say that the prison—it's so good. Like it's so like gritty. Like and the um, all of the shots that they have of like, I'm guessing they're like helicopter shots. I'm guessing this is pre-drones. I don't know. Maybe there were drones, but. The shots of like over the top of the prison and and the music is so intense, it's so good. It, it's funny that you say that because as as the first shot was flying kind of over that main tower that we always see in the in the cutaway scenes, I was thinking that's got to be a helicopter because they can't have had drones <laughs> at the time. Right. <laughs> it's so good. Like it's just like this. It feels like a really hard place to be incarcerated i mean to me any incarceration would be awful but i'm just mean that this it feels like this is uh you know where like the worst of the worst go the maximum security i love the uh the kind of hip-hop uh score that that's going through this as well um really building up the tension but yes they're shaking everything down and Michael's saying, well, what's the problem? You know, there's nothing to hide. And Sucre's like, you know, says you. And he's got, well, he has he has a blade that he passes to, to Michael. But then also, was it drugs? Uh, I'm not sure if it was like a little, they had like a little baggie or something. They lobbed it out. But yeah. It was definitely that, the, the blade that was all like wrapped up, ready to use. Because I don't think Sucre... Um, does drugs but potentially you know a little hand-to-hand transaction for a bit of money might, you know? be, might be shifting it for someone else yeah you never know or just holding on to it who knows prison bands but the 
But he gives him the blade, and then he looks up, and there's Bellic at the uh, at the uh, at the bars. Should have just plunged it into him. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I need to get rid of this. Whack. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming he was just going to throw it out of the bars, right? I think that was the what was happening anyway, wasn't it? With you saw everything yeah. else just like flying out. I think there was a lot of pornography <laughs> getting launched. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, and then Bellic saying, uh, you know, open, open on this one to to see he's got the shank. And then, uh, but the warden comes in, the Pope, and uh, says, you know. Whose is it? Michael says nothing, and then he's like, "You're not a good liar, Sucre. You're going to the shoe." And and that's him pretty much done for the whole episode. So so we could, we could cover off Sucre quite quite easily here because he's just mm-hmm. in the shoe for the rest of the episode, and, and we don't see him come out again. Um, the only yeah. the only little bit of storyline he has is that it's his fiance's birthday, and he. He always phones her on a Monday. That's the assumption I got from it. And he can't phone her because he's now in the shoe. And he keeps up like banging on the door saying, I need to make my phone call. I need to make my phone call. And the guard's like, well, you want to order a pizza? Or you yeah. <laughs> just like, <laughs> yeah, you know, one of my, that's one of my favorite lines. Like, yeah, should I get you a pizza and a pedicure as well? <laughs> yeah. You're not getting anything, mate. Slam. <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 no. He also says, "It's like I'll give you a million dollars." It's like <laughs> you have forty cents, like in your commissary. That's it. So, <laughs> where where are you getting his magic million from? <laughs> nice try, though. Good. It was a good effort. Yeah, it's kind of like trying to charm him into it. Uh, I guess to, to throw in to Sucre as well. Um, we also see uh, Mari Cruz getting out of a limo and we see Hector or Hector and um it, it, I didn't like the look in his eye Dom no I did not he's... like the look in his eye we've already in the last episode they talked about Hector didn't they and Mary mm-hmm. Cruz says um we're just friends he's just my friend <laughs> <laughs> they're just friends and, and he's just my friend sometimes I suck his dick <laughs> It's a friendly dick. It's friends. It's a friendly dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, stray on. Sometimes it spits at me, but it's oh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's when he's really angry. Goes, <laughs> goes purple. Oh, God. Oh, Hector. I'll leave, I'll leave it your uh, your choice of what what in this makes it in and make, gets cut out. Well, nothing gets cut out of this podcast, my friend. <laughs> Life behind bars. I don't like the look in Hector's eye as she's getting out of that limo. She's saying she just wants to go home. He's saying, we just got here. We just got to the club. The club. And uh, she's not she's not feeling it, and he he then has to bring it up, doesn't he? And says he didn't ring you today, did he? Mm. Got to get that in, hasn't he, old Hector? You're always trying something. Yeah, yeah. Don't trust Hector up. one bit. But then that's kind of just left there, isn't it? That's kind of just we'll see what happens with that. that um, that's all part of the story. That like, so all of that bit. The whole Veronica bit when we get to her, I just don't remember any of it. 
Mm. Literally zero recollection of it at all. Yeah, it, yeah, but that's good. That's good because then we can we can put predictions in for the bits that you don't remember. So <laughs> that's really good. Well, Michael also is uh, using a mirror on his tattoo and uh, writes out uh, a name, Alan, like Schweitzer, Schweitzer, like yeah, that. That's right. And uh, and some numbers as well onto a, a piece of paper. Do you know what uh, number he lay- writes down? No, tell me. He writes down one 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 two one one four seven. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> On behalf of everyone, thank you. <laughs> so the, the he and then later in the episode, Bellic does the old pencil trick, the old side of the pencil. I actually thought that was really clever to yeah. see what had been written. Yeah, when he. When he does the uh, shading of that bit of paper and he's trying to work mm. out what, what was written. And he, he takes that information, doesn't he, and thinks, okay, I need to find out who this person is. Because it's, it's mm. kind of like he's put one name together, which we find out actually isn't one name, is it? It's so good. <laughs> well, so in between this, we're flashing back to Michael planning all of this in his apartment. And we find out that. Alan is actually Hudom or what? I think it means like Alan Key kind of needs the the shape. It's kind of what we're going yeah. for, isn't it? So yeah, so it's like a big. There's a big screw uh, that's used in the bleachers out in the yard. It's pretty long, isn't it? Like it's probably like good. I don't know, eight inches, something like that. Um and. Yeah. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Ask Mary Cruz, I'm not sure. <laughs> there we go. So and um and so he he thinks he can use this, he can sort of file it down and then it's the right shape to be able to unscrew uh an integral bolt in the toilet. Which you know, potentially it actually shows us. Well, we're not. I don't. I don't want to jump ahead. So this is therefore his plan. He needs to get this bolt from the bleachers to be able to file it off to try and use it, like you said, as an Allen key to unbolt the toilet. Which is great, amazing planning. Yeah, absolutely. Just from and you see on the plans that it's you know it tells you the the make of the toilet and stuff like that and he's circling bits and he wrote that little number down so he knows what um kind of what model number that bolt was um and then when when he's trying to find the bolt and he's searching all the way along the bleachers he's feeling all the way underneath and he finds one right on the end doesn't he that he that he wants to take um and that's when he starts trying to unbolt it and then mm. shall we move on to probably the introduction of of the episode of the century of the century (laughs) talk us through dom well michael's sitting at the top of the bleachers and he's unscrewing as best he can so he uses a coin doesn't he to to undo it at first Mm -hmm. and he's using that as like his makeshift screwdriver and he's turning it around and it keeps going and there's someone also sitting on the bleachers that's like um you know you better you better have to like show some respect because 
tea bags coming over and blah 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 and he's like well who the hell who the hell is he and he explains that he's a child kidnapper like rapist and murderer and you not know, always in that not always in that order i know not always in that order and he's he's from bama and <laughs> this is it you you better respect this guy because because he's you know he's a big deal and uh, this is when michael says does this teabag have a name and then teabag yeah. like appears that is my real name <laughs> which i thought was a, a great like introductory line and uh he goes to get up and leave doesn't he Michael, mm. Michael. I mean, it's like okay, I need to like abandon ship here a little bit and get away from this. And uh, Teabag comes across as being quite personable at this point, at this moment. You know, you don't, although you know what kind of criminal he is and what kind of a person he is, and he's got um, uh, his little like boy toy walking around holding his pocket. Uh, he hanging goes, off the hanging off the pocket. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, no, no. Please sit. Uh, so you're the one I've been hearing all the rave reviews about, Schofield. Well, all, you know, one thing's for sure, you're just as pretty as advertised, prettier even. And then the, mm-hmm. his little, I can't remember his name. Is it like, it's like Mayday or something like that? Or <laughs> you know, what his, the guy, the, the, the guy that's holding thing, his uh, pocket. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember. But he gets, <laughs> he, yeah, T-Bag basically like saying, look, it's going to be rough. This is all going to build up. There's going to be this riot and it's going to be rough on a first timer like you. But don't worry, we'll protect you. I'll protect you. And he says, all you got to do is take this pocket here. And Michael says, well, it looks like your pocket's already taken. He's like, he's like hits the guy's hand away. And the other guy looks so insulted. Like, hey, what's <laughs> hanging on to this pocket? It's just my, my pocket. my pocket. That's my pocket. I picked the lint off of that pocket. This is my pocket. I hold this pocket. <laughs> and he just gets pushed away. And then Teabag's like, well, I have a whole other pocket over here. And uh, Michael says something like, oh, well, I'll pass. And then Teabag's like, well, you better stay away from these bleachers. Yeah, yeah. there's also a lot of racial slurs and racism in there that let's not even shine any light on because it's horrible but uh teabag he does come across as uh sort of smooth talking but also incredibly despicable i would say i'm gonna look up this guy's name because he's quite integral to it later later on really he is in terms of um what happens to like when they're back inside on the wing well, he ends up holding on to Alan, doesn't he, later in the episode? So. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, actually, that's that's kind of what happens. So uh, he comes away from there and he's being watched by C-Note and stuff like that, isn't he? So mm-hmm. is he, like, everyone's very aware of kind of what he's doing and where he's going. He's not really integrated himself into any group. Um, and then all of a sudden he's sitting over, you know, what they call the, basically the Nazis of the, of the prison yard um yeah. and c-note makes it very clear to him he needs to pick what side he's on uh, you know as well as c-note's group um and that's kind of exactly what you alluded to right at the beginning of the episode is, is pretty much exactly what this episode is about other than you know his, his escape plans and and getting that kicked off pretty early on in his prison life and career <laughs> um they need to find out you know where his allegiances lie so what side of the yard is he going to be on or is he just going to 
hide in a corner. And that seems mm. to be really important to them. I, I don't really know why, because he is just this new guy. But he's quite happy to sort of just go up and challenge absolutely anyone. He feels... I kind of get this vibe that Michael feels like he's untouchable until he gets, like, battered. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's... I think he's kind of lived that life in, in the outside world of where he is, you know, the smartest guy in every room he goes into and is, uh, you know, maybe lived not a charmed life, may, not like a charmed upbringing, but maybe a, a charmed life that he has now that he's sort of built for himself. Uh, as we go forward, if we if we sort of lean towards the teabag side of things... Uh, Michael arrives back at the bleachers a little bit later to, you know, get the Allen out, get the Allen key bolt out, and uh, he's sort of doing it quite quickly. But he gets caught again by Teabag and friends, and uh, and he, but he has the bolt, and Teabag says, "Well, you better hand hand that over if you're not going to join us." To which he does, uh, and then he that he has to sort of go on his way. So he's lost the bolt at this point. And their immediate assumption is that he's he's tooling up. So he's he's making mm. himself a weapon and he needs to have it for his own protection. And they're like, well, you can't have it, but we can because we could use it. Uh, I just found out the guy's name is Maytag. That's <laughs> close with Mayday. <laughs> it's Maytag. That was close. Yeah. Maytag. Okay. <laughs> Well, the guard um, actually breaks them up as well, and uh, Teabag does the fake yawn round the back and gives the bolt to uh, you know one of his one of his peoples. Uh, and then a little bit later, if we're just staying on the Teabag stuff, Michael uh, goes into Teabag's cell to try and find it, gets caught in there, and then has to say, "Well, no, look, I've come here to say I, w- I want to join." At this point, Sino is watching from above and hears that. Um, and uh, Teabag gives him a weapon which looked to be like a wooden clothes peg or something. <laughs> so, um, while I think it was a lolly stick. Or a lolly stick. Yeah, I actually what? think it was just a, lo- a lolly stick, a wooden lolly stick. Is that where you can't have the bolt, but you can have this just in case? <laughs> right, right. Um, and then if we move through to when it actually kicks off with the the, the riot, um Maytag goes for <laughs> goes for Michael. Well, firstly, Michael gets thrown off of the first floor uh, by someone. That's gonna hurt. Uh, and my the guy comes up to Michael, Michael's like, Whoa, 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 I don't want any problems. And the guy's just like I think he like just punches him in the ribs and just throws him over the side. Yeah. Is it is it one of C Note's friends? Because he wants to see how he handles things in the like where the main bit of the rioting is going to be. Because it's going to be in that Ooh. bottom floor, isn't it? I thought it was one of C Note's friends that had gone in, smacked him one, and chucked him over. And then C Note's just kind of watching how he handles it. Because C Note doesn't ever come down from that floor, does he? He stays at, no, the, he, at that level watching. He does punch someone at one point. He's just walking through, and he's just like smack. C Note's <laughs> really C Note is really cool. I really like C Note. Do you know? Do you know his actual name? Not the actor, the character. Uh, yeah, I do, but I don't think it's been revealed yet. Okay, so I'll keep it spoiler free. Okay, but um, 
No, only because I, I have no idea. I only know that he's called Zeno. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, it gets revealed later. Yeah, but his um, his his the actor. I think his name's Rockmond. Begins with D. His last name Rockmond Dunbar, maybe. But his I might have got that wrong. But he is a he's a really good actor. I really like his delivery. He's got a really really smooth, cool way of talking. But. Uh, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't catch on to that. If that was one of uh, C notes guys, that's really cool. But then Michael's down in, uh, you know, the bottom. People are getting shanked left, right, and center. Teabag slits someone's throat. I know. It's just like it's extreme, isn't it? It's really extreme. And and then uh, and then Maytag is go wants wants to go for Michael. But he's he's. Feels like he's stepping on his on his shoes, isn't he? He's, he's you know encroaching on his territory, stepping on yeah. that pocket. Yeah, that's his pocket to hold, take hold of, and the other one. Uh, yeah, two two pockets, got a hand in each. But Michael is not interested in any of that. He's just interested in getting the the bolt. So he kind of like wrestles the bolt off of him, and then Maytag's still sort of coming for him. This bit kind of reminded me of the end of Jurassic Park, where like the 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 raptor is like gearing up to like pounce on like Doctor Grant and the kids, and then the T Rex just comes in. But it's not a T Rex; it's a guy that just stabs stabs up Maytag, really stabs him up like ho- like horribly in the chest, like really kind of like it looked like it was with something very blunt and just. And then Maytag looks to Michael for help. And just falls down and dies. But now Michael's got the blood on his shirt. And Teabag thinks that Michael killed Maytag. Uh, it's a crazy, twisted little plot there, isn't it? Where Teabag is trying to recruit him. And then all of a sudden, now immediately wants to kill him. Because he thinks he's killed his boyfriend, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What did you think of this whole rioting scene this whole bit it's extremely graphic but (laughs) but i wasn't expecting anything less so um it's a really it's a really good scene in terms of like so early on in it in a series we've now got like a prison riot (laughs) and they've like it's all gone a bit haywire it's all gonna be crazy we've met teabag and we've seen it We've heard how ruthless this guy is because even his supporters and followers are saying, you better show him respect because he's a child killer uh, and worse. And uh, then we see him actually kill someone and he's just like a ruthless lunatic. Uh, But he seems so calm and composed. It's just he's actually quite terrifying, really, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, But as a as a whole scene, it's 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 nuts isn't it it's just the the way it's all put together it's it's all very clever it's all very good it's an incredibly smart um show already just from the first two episodes you think this 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 character is the coolest character on tv the show is super smart already just for a prison setting as well just to think we're in a prison where you know there's gang fights and stuff like that but there's so much happening that's um actually in intellectually like on another level that you know makes you think and think well what's he doing oh he's making a tour he's doing this he's doing that you know it's very 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 clever how they've put it all together it's great writing um and he's he's such a 
he's such a nice guy. Like I'm kind of low key obsessed with him uh, in in real life. Like is in his, I, I've watched so many of his interviews, and uh, he did a talk at Oxford. Um, that's really interesting. He's just um, yeah. Once this, I, there will be things in there that are spoilers. So well, unfortunately, I guess you'd have to wait. But until we're at the end, but there's so much cool stuff to dive into uh with him um yeah i'm a i'm a big fan he's honestly uh, so far he's the, the for me the coolest character on tv he's he's awesome at it as well he's great yeah for sure well um so we just finish off the tea bag bit because then we then we could maybe jump over to the c note and the brutzy um as separate paths i mean but the um where when he's at the end of the riot, the the guards put in like sort of the sort of smoke bomb type things to, you know, diffuse everyone. And then the Pope comes in and says they're going to be locked down for 48 hours. I really like this line where it's just like, if you do it again, next time it'll be a week. Time after that, it'll be a month. Like no showers, no visits. No yard time. It's just really cool. It's just kind of just like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> just it, from for me, that just said that he's just a man of experience and has done that before. That's yeah. that's what that said to me. He's just like, yeah, if you if you guys want to riot and go around stabbing each other and kill each other, fine. But I'll just lock you in and you won't be able to leave yourself for yeah. a long time, which just means that he's done that before. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so we're having a little chat about C-Note, finding out about what's going on there. So Michael's link to C-Note at the moment is that in the previous episode, he asked him for some specific drugs because Michael has claimed that he is uh, diabetic. But we know that he isn't diabetic, but he you know, he needs his drugs from C-Note. So he has that interaction with C-Note, doesn't he, asking for them. Is it Pugnac? Is that what he's asking for? Yeah. Um, and then as they're developing further, so his interaction with C-Note and T-Bag is obviously the, the, the kind of most important bit of, of Michael, I think, for this episode, because it is what side of the yard are you fighting for? So we've kind of, we covered off T-Bag and we leave him to one side. C-Note, we're in like that middle ground because there's, there's a whole scene with C-Note when they're, he's kind of got the drugs, isn't there? And he takes Michael away has that little moment. Um, what does he call him? He says, what up, Snowflake? That's it, Snowflake, yeah. And then he like smashes him into the bars and he gets held up the bars. And he, he um, Michael, like Wentworth Miller, looks genuinely terrified. Really good. The look in his eyes, like, he, yeah, it looks genuine. Uh, I mean, that is, that is fear. That is absolute fear. Um, and fair enough, really, really, really well played. Mm, it's really good is uh is Sino someone that stands out to you as being like let, let's take this from just the first two episodes as someone that's going to be a key character because for me if he's the guy he's the go-to guy at the moment for anything you need particularly pharmacy related but he's desperate to know what's going on so I, I can't help but feel like Sino has to be involved just from this point because he needs it, and he needs, and he's. They've both got that sort of leverage, haven't they? But C Note's got the the slight higher ground in that I can get this drug for you, but you're not getting your hands on it until you tell me what you're doing with it. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. He is incredibly inquisitive and curious about Michael, but as you said, he is also integral into everything that Michael is doing from Michael's perspective. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that develops as we go forward. Yeah, definitely. It's not the, at the moment. It's not just a transaction to him. There's something further, and they're all. Mm. What surprises me the most about this show so far is, is everyone's interest in in Michael, in Fish. Everyone wants a piece of him. Everyone wants to find out about him. Everyone's looking at him like, oh, you know, he's this really smart guy that's in this prison. We need to get him on side. Everyone seems to want him on their on their team, as it were. Mm. Yeah. True. It's like the popular new kid. You know, like sometimes in school, like a kid would join like partway through and it'd be like that. Like, this happened in my school like twice, like a kid joined and then became like one of the most popular kids in school because people just embraced him. And then other times, no, that's all I've seen. I've never seen the opposite of where <laughs> I never saw anyone join and then uh, and then not be. Uh, yeah. So maybe that's just the thing. Maybe that's a life lesson. Just go to places that are already established halfway through and you will become the most popular person there. Just we've got to be confident about it. Just go in and be like, this is my yard now. <laughs> These are my bleachers, bitch. Give me my allen key. I've got to remove my Schweitzer toilet. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, so see no pours all of the pugnac into his hand and like gets rid of the the bottle and it's just like you know you're not getting this basically uh but he does end up giving the the pugnac to michael at the end just before michael's about to go up to the infirmary uh because Sino has seen uh that he you know went against um teabag and yeah they're like white supremacists and uh i mean just to finish on on that with teabag teabag is taunting michael saying you're a dead man schofield you're dead um which is incredibly incredibly frightening where we've seen teabag kill somebody that he didn't even potentially know it was just a random person yeah uh and I feel it was really great acting from Wentworth Miller as well when he uh when he gets back into his cell and the bars close and he's like holding on to the to the bolt and he's like genuinely scared and he's sort of like swiping it like defensively uh and he just looks terrified and then that look comes over in his eye of back to work and then he's like filing down the uh the threading off of the bolt I thought was a really great scene and really well acted uh, it was so well done yeah him sitting there looking genuinely terrified um he's covered in someone else's blood uh he's never seen this sort of thing before remember he's he, you know he's like an architect isn't he yeah structural and, and engineer he, yeah he's an engineer sorry and he he puts all these plans in place and things like that and um let, let's touch on his conversation very slightly with with lincoln because he says everything's in place i've got everything sorted it's time to start uh, you know every variable is is accounted for and lincoln's like you're mad not every variable is accounted for it's not possible and and this is the first moment where i think he's like oh shit yeah not every variable is accounted for i wasn't expecting a riot 
I wasn't expecting someone to to be stabbed up and like die in my arms. I wasn't expecting this lunatic child killer to now be calling out my name in the middle of the night saying, I know you can hear me, I'm coming for you and things like that. And it's just terrifying. And he does look terrified. It's brilliant. What great acting. It's a really tough episode for Michael, actually, isn't it? He goes through a lot that <laughs> more that we haven't even, you know, touched upon. We haven't dipped our toes in that water yet. So we will uh, continue so he does he does see Lincoln and he does see the doctor. So when he goes to see the doctor, it gets confirmation of his diabetes and he looks like she says relieved. So it's the only scene that we have with the doctor. Um uh, what I really loved is the nurse when the nurse walks past and says cute and mm-hmm. and the doctor has to say it's an inmate. <laughs> yeah, he's a prisoner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I thought yeah. was really good. But um his conversation with Lincoln in the is it in the chapel? Mm-hmm. I think is a is an important one because that's when the exchange of all the weapons is happening and they're all staring each other out. You know the the rioters, um, and it's his. He's kind of like bragging, isn't he? He's bragging to his big brother. I'm ready. You need to be ready. This is what we're going to do. The plan started already. You know, in the last episode, he dropped the magazine down the down the little tunnel, which still hasn't really been explained. But there was one really great moment, actually, where he's discussing with uh, C-Note, I think it is, why he needs to get to the infirmary um, and why he wants to be in the, in the infirmary so much and what the plan is and kind of what he's doing. But he doesn't really give away anything. But then the cutaway scene, you know, when it goes through all the tunnels and stuff like that, it goes mm-hmm. from his toilet all the way through out through the vent of the infirmary through the thing yeah and it's like ah okay so there's the link it's it's kind of giving us that link already and why he needs to be there because and he does say you know to lincoln the, the weakest link uh in terms of security is the infirmary so as soon as he's in there which we now know from that cutaway scene that there's like a way to tunnel to the infirmary that he can then potentially get out and and move further on into wherever he needs to go from there basically yeah i love that cut it's so good because it like you said it gives you the information just at the time that you want it and then to be able to see it just you know yeah tunneling through it's like hey well that we all know what the plan is now we don't know what he's got to do to make that all happen but we understand the route at at the minimum so yeah very uh, cool dr tancredi is uh, you know suspicious but she she has absolutely no idea why and he's really nervous of this test because this test will either say you're diabetic or not and she's just testing him to say you're either diabetic or not because you don't give off the, the right you know symptoms or traits of someone who has diabetes for for a while especially type one um where he's going to require you know insulin injections and stuff like that so watching his nerves in, in that scene as well is actually really good because you can kind of think wow, he's actually, this character is genuinely worried about the outcome of this because if if he's proven to be not diabetic, he has no access to the infirmary or no reason to go there. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's very clever, very clever. Yeah, it's brilliant. I means Pugnac works quickly. It does, very a quick quickly. quick drug. <laughs> Thank God. I bet he took like four, didn't he? Just like to take him... 
Yeah, do chuck it. them all in. I think he like C Note doesn't give all of them over there, does he? He holds some back. Ooh. It did appear that C Note only gave him like half the amount. I think he says like, "Where's the rest of it?" And C Note says something. He doesn't say it's like like bargaining chip kind of thing, but I think that's kind of why he's keeping it back. So if I've got this, right. you need to come back to me for more, and I'll get more information out of you. I was just more thinking, like, can you put it in a bottle? Like, I sweaty hands. You putting I your hands know. over my pills? I've got to swallow yeah. these. Yeah. I guess these are. I guess there's more uh, worrying things going on in prison, you know, with hygiene and things, rather than, uh, you know, just, you know, sweaty pills. But yeah. <laughs> should Should we talk about um, uh, John Abruzzi? Yeah, absolutely. Where where does John begin? John, is it? Does he start when he has his visitor? Yeah, I think uh, he he presses Michael. I think for Fibonacci one more time. I think he says something about they have a little side conversation, and he says, uh, you know, just tell me about tell me where Fibonacci is, and he's like, well, I'll tell you when we get outside of these walls, something like that. And then I think, yeah, then I think he has... John is watching Michael in the chapel when he's talking to Lincoln, as and C-Note is at that time as well. And then, yeah, John has his visitors, and they're saying, well, look... Well, he he's saying, like, wow. I forget what the guy's name is, the main guy. But he's like, wow. Um, is it Falzone? Falzone, that's it. And he's just like, you know, I'm honoured. And uh, he says, look, John... We hear this. Someone knows where Fibonacci is. He's going to come up for air. If he testifies, then we're all going down, him included. So uh, we're going to need you to do what you can to to get the information. And John's like, "Yeah, I'll get it. Don't worry, I'll, I'll get this guy." And he's like, "Okay," because our kids go to school together, John, and uh, my kids would miss your kids if something was to happen. Which is just instantly into you know, threatening his children. What well, uh, That absolutely took me by surprise because I thought he might say something about the wife. You wouldn't want your kids to grow up without either of his parent, of their parents or something like that. And then he's just immediately, wouldn't want something to happen to your children, would you? He's like, oh my God, my kids would miss your kids. Oh my God. But Abruzzi's kind of cool about it. He's just like, hey, don't worry. I got this. I'll, I'll break this guy. Like, you know, keeping it smooth. I really like Prudsey. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's already a, a really really good character, and he kind of was it Small House. We said you, you know, Dick House Small is house. is kind of uh, you know trying to play the big man, isn't he? He's obviously been the uh, the little runt of the group before, and is now trying to be the big man now because he's not in prison. And it's yeah. essentially he needs to get this information because. Um, is it Fibonacci? Did you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is um an informant now is basically what probably like witness protection, and uh, is about to testify, and a lot of their people are going to go to prison, and that's only going to make things more difficult for uh, Abruzzi because he's got the, you know, the inside person to be able to get that information so that he that Fibonacci could be dealt with. Yeah. It's all it's it's all really, really well put together, isn't it? Even from the first two episodes, you can kind of see there's so many links, and that Michael's really gone and done his homework on absolutely everyone, and 
the the planning that must have gone into place for like absolutely all of it is just insane yeah it's brilliant i love it i love it so i think abruzzi then really the the final part with him is the closer of the episode where they grab michael well belic uh, Michael's coming out of the infirmary. Bellic takes over, and he's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll walk you this way," and we'll come back to Bellic about his little journey through this episode. But uh, he's like, "Oh, I forgot my uh, sweetener for my coffee." One sec, walks away. Michael gets grabbed by Brutzi's peoples, and uh, they take him out to a woodshed, Dom. Yeah, and this is where he he says, "Kind of come and sit next to me here, and we're going to have a little discussion." And he's sitting next to him and they're having a little a little chat about uh, where this person is. And he says, oh, you know, I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you when we're outside the walls because, you know, what, whatever happens, happens. And then it all kicks off. It all begins. Is you know, Abruzzi's henchmen hold him down and take his shoe off and take his sock off. And then we've got some rather large shears to his rather small toes. And he says, look, I'm going to count to three. I need that information. Or Piggy goes to market. He doesn't say that. He should have said that. But um, And uh, <laughs> one, if I tell you I'm, I'm as good as dead. Two, I'm not, I'm not talking. Three, doesn't say anything. Clap. End of episode. Oh boy! So what are you uh, saying? Do you think he cut his toes off? I again, I have no recollection of this at all. No. Do you want him to have cut his toes off? I I don't because nobody wants their their hero disfigured. I think I think this is actually a thing. You know, you know, in The Walking Dead. I do. You know, Rick always has a problem with one of his hands. Do you know this? No, so, I, I can't, can't really remember. So pretty much for every season of The Walking Dead that Rick is in, I think bar the first season, it, it his right hand has always got a problem. There's always something wrong with his right hand so that he always has to shoot with his left hand. You know, he's got to carry his gun the wrong way around in, it, in its holster so that he can pull it out with his other hand and stuff like that. He's always got a problem with his right hand. I think it's his right anyway, um, because in the comic books, he has his right hand cut off. But in um, the show, the uh, writers and stuff like that said, we, we don't want to disfigure our main character because people will lose interest in him. So mm. we have to keep his right hand, but we they immobilize it a lot of the time. So it's always got a hole in it or he gets shot in it <laughs> or he gets stamped on or something happens that he can't use that hand. Right. Oh, interesting. So I, I'm now thinking, does Michael's toes make it? Do they make it out with him? Otherwise, there's only like 98% of him escaping prison. <laughs> <laughs> Leaves a little bit behind. Like <laughs> he, he left his heart in Georgia and his toes in Chicago prison. But uh, There'd be too much explaining to do if they cut his toes off. That's okay, the only so thing saying, that's going through my head. Is you're saying they're, they're, no toes, no yeah, toe cutting. He'd have to go to the infirmary. He'd then have to explain to the doctor why. He's getting picked on. He'd have to explain potentially to the the Pope what's going on. 
and he'd just have to keep coming up with lies. Oh, it's, I don't know, I don't know, they're just picking on me sort of thing. He's not going to name who's done it, so I don't know, I think his toes might survive. Okay, we will see Toe Watch <laughs> on the next episode. Toe Watch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so should we move over to Lincoln? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get Link the Sink. Link the Sink. We get some. We get to see his life in solitary because he's on death row, and it's horrible. He's mm. very sad and in the dark and just on his own, and that's sad. He has um, a great moment, even as a as an actor, as Dominic Purcell, just moving towards the light mm. that's that's shining through the one tiny gap he has in in his bars, um, in his tiny cell, and um, him going towards that light is actually like, oh, I don't get this very often. This is so nice, and it's that weird feeling of like almost like a pressure release, but then it sort of sends him into a flashback. And what happens in that flashback? It's him and Veronica open mouth in bed oh all the time. Oh, God. She even kisses with an open mouth. Like, as in, <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I, like, not that, hey, I'm all for open mouth kissing, but it's just like, <laughs> of course, that would be her chosen style because the mouth doesn't close. She really annoys me. She's so entitled. So entitled. But there was the, um, there's a part of skipping ahead where someone calls her office and her assistant or secretary or whoever is like, oh, you've got a call from Letitia Barnes, I think it is. And she just looks at her and just says, I don't know that person. Take a message. Fuck you, Veronica. Try that again. Oh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. <laughs> I No, I'm not sure of that person, but... If you could, could you take a message, please? And then you can relay that on to me later. Thank you. I appreciate all of your hard work. Have a lovely day. No, instead, just don't know that person. Take a message, you fucking bitch. Like, enough of you, Veronica. Enough of you. You're what is wrong with America right now. (laughs) Wow. Wow. So in in 2021, Veronica is what is wrong with with America. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, there's there's worse. There's a lot worse going on, but she's part <laughs> of it at least. She's on the fringe with her open mouth. But the I don't know. I look just as we're recording bit, this. There's, there's five more days extreme, to come. But is she Trump? She's not as bad as, it, as Trump. No, no I, said, I said there's five more days of Trump as we're recording this. Five more days and five potentially days potentially impeached. Well, what what do you make of Veronica? Are we talking about Lincoln or Veronica? We're we just going to clear out Veronica. <laughs> Let's just get rid of Veronica. Let's get rid of Veronica. <laughs> She's incredibly rude. Okay, so you see it as well then. Oh, absolutely. I I see the rudeness. And you know what really annoyed me? (laughs) Tell me. It's her face. (laughs) It really annoyed me. But when we got to, when she comes to visit Lincoln in the prison, and and he has to say, if you don't believe me, and you think I'm talking shit, and you've seen this, you know, videotape of, of exactly what they want you to see, why the hell are you here? (laughs) <laughs> Why are you wasting my time? I could be, you know, happy sitting in my cell. Looking at light. In, 
sitting in the caged bit outside and not looking at your stupid face. So <laughs> why are you wasting my time? You know, it's not as if I've got anywhere to go other than death. So, you know, you're just, you're just wasting, you're just wasting valuable moments that I could be on my own. <laughs> Get fucked, Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, so I've seen, so the actor, uh, Robin Tunney, she's in a few different things. Um, and I think she's a bit annoying in everything. Like, I think, I don't think it's, I'm sorry to say, I'm not, I'm not trying to be harsh or anything. But I think that it's not necessarily a character choice. I think as the character's written, we're meant to be on her side, I think. We're meant to be sympathetic to her cause, that she loves Lincoln, they have a history, and she wants to help. Um, But it doesn't help because she's got such a frustratingly annoying face. She's still got that big old ring on though, hasn't she? Yes. Her engagement ring is massive. It's huge. Can, can I also just say more sorry, back to her face? Is that she she has she has a really nice face. She has a pretty face. She's a beautiful woman. Um someone needs to tell her that it's okay to smile. It's okay to show joy. Like if she just smiled or okay, yeah, she, it's hard to smile. The love of her life, though she's marrying again, is on death row potentially, or is on death row and could potentially be put to death. I get all of that, but it's just so moody. She's got like a permanent pout with her lips. Yeah, well, I'm going to show you on screen like this. Yeah. So, as is an audio platform, I'll describe it. Dom's using both of his hands to push his lips <laughs> upwards and out into a pouting position. Now show me now show me Veronica face, just standard face. Just a standard face. It's not open enough. It's gotta be more open yeah. Further. There we go. <laughs> now tell me you don't now tell me to take a message. Take a message. How do you even talk like that? <laughs> oh, I don't dear. know that person. Take a message. What? So rude. That person is is there to help you. It was Letitia Barnes. Yeah. Who... Letitia Barnes is telling you that Crab was murdered. And Crab Simmons is the person that could uh that could testify to say that Lincoln was innocent. So Veronica talks to uh Lincoln's lawyer. Yeah, or to like some sort of prosecutor or someone that basically is just like, look, it was an open and shut case. Like, I thought, I thought it was Lincoln's defense lawyer because he said, because she said, why didn't you put Crab Simmons on the stand? And he said, because he's a five-time convict or whatever. Who's gonna? Okay. What jury's gonna listen? What jury's gonna listen to him? It made no difference. Here's the videotape, just as closure, and gives like eventually gives her the videotape that shows Lincoln seemingly going up and firing weapon. Mm. Mm. But then Lincoln explains it. He does, and it, and like after telling Veronica to stop wasting his time and go away, he then explains the reason, you know, what she thinks she saw versus what actually happened, and that just immediately sets her off into okay, I believe you again now. I'll go and start looking into this. It is difficult. Okay, Dom, you, you, I, I feel like you would trust me that I wouldn't lie to you about something, right? Oh, absolutely. With my life. 
Wow. Okay. Thank you. Well, imagine I said to you, if that that's being a hundred percent serious, being real, if I had been convicted of murder, right, and there's a video of me shooting someone, and you come and see me, and I say, Dom, look at me, look at me in the eye, Dom, look, I'm telling you, man, I didn't do it. Okay. okay. I didn't do it. No, question me a little bit. Resist a little. I didn't do it, Dom. But it's clear to see in the video, and it's a, it's a high quality video, Simon. None of it's setting... shit, shit anymore. Well, this is this is this is re- downloaded. This is we're on a computer these days. I see you doing the deed, Dominic. They're setting me up. You're seeing what they want you to see. You don't understand. Anyone can use iMovie on a MacBook these days, and that's what they did. They iMovied me in there. I didn't do it, Dom. I didn't do it. Some very important questions that Veronica didn't ask. Who's trying to set you up and why? So you can ask me those questions now. So who's trying to set you up and why? Don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You got too big for your boots, Simon. That's what it is. So fine, I'm going to have to go out and risk my life now and investigate your mess. Okay, but you believe me, Dom? It wasn't me. I believe you because I love you. And will you wait for me on the outside? Oh, God. (laughs) Of course. Okay, why are you not breaking me out of here? I've got my brother in here. Why are you not doing nothing? Because it's his plan. I don't want to ruin his plan. Well, I just think you could be doing a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) But it is crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, she does flip-flop back and forth very quickly between, you know, being against him and then being on his side. She, she like, immediately then has the Secret Service after her. The Secret Service go and see um, the other lawyer about the videotape and get all the information. And he's like... You know, freedom of information, yak, bitch. And he's like throwing that in his face. And he's just and, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's okay. We just want a name. I really like the way that Kellen and the two special agents like handled the guy. Like, they're so smooth. So smooth. And I like the way that, uh, so Letitia Barnes calls. So, well, firstly, Veronica goes to investigate this Crab Simmons situation. She meets, which I'm assuming is his mother or girlfriend, I don't know who, and she says Crab Simmons is dead. She goes to see the mum. Oh, it's the mum, okay. She goes to see Miss Simmons, yeah. Who's the mum of Crab. But it looks like Crab, or someone, let's assume it's Crab, is looking out of a window and seeing Veronica. Or is that that Letitia Barnes? That's Letitia. Got it. Okay, so Letitia Barnes then calls Veronica and they meet in a public place uh, and then it's all very much like, they're watching us, they can see us. Like, you think you're safe and you're not. Yeah, the the paranoid, sort of crazy, everyone's watching was done really well because the the, the thing that Veronica's going to be thinking now is, is this person just a conspiracy nut that thinks everyone's against her because of drugs or something like she'll just start putting um you know assuming what this person and this character is actually like without getting the full information but she's getting all this detail from her and not really paying attention 
because we know that the Secret Service guys are actually watching. What amazed me is when Letitia like looked around and got, they're here, they're here already, I need to go. And then you're sort of looking around, I'm thinking, who could possibly be Secret Service in that crowd? And then all of a sudden you see them like, but they're miles away. So whether she saw someone or she just freaked and panicked and, and had to get away, I, I don't know. But yeah, I, I thought she did it pretty well. I I like that that Kellerman and the other guy are just like eating hot dogs or something. It's kind of that sort of cockiness, confidence, just sort of like keeping tabs. I love all of that. Proper stakeout. <laughs> and then uh, when we get sort of towards the close of the episode, Kellerman calls somebody. I really like that part as well. Like one of them like knocks on the desk to signal it's time to make the call. And then he makes the phone call and it's to a woman that's chopping vegetables very well. Great chopping technique. Am I right? Garlic slicing extreme right there. And dealing with children. And uh, and he's saying, Kellerman's saying there's a lawyer that's poking around, Veronica, um, so on and so forth. And the woman on the phone who we don't see her face is saying, okay, well, someone that Veronica who finished like middle of her class from whatever university, you know, surely she's not going to be a problem. So they've obviously already, whoever these people are have already done their research. They already know what's going on, but they are trying to cover something up. What did you make all of that? Yeah, it's all uh, a little bit Masonic secret squirrels, dodgy handshakes at night, isn't it? It's all, <laughs> all feels a bit bit unusual at the moment and there's two things from the scene with with kellerman on the phone where it shows his little badge and his ring yeah that's there seem to be sort of standout important things but i don't i don't know what that is yet so i don't know whether that that, one of them didn't appear to be like a secret service badge it looked like a i don't know like a military badge or something like that that was on his lapel and then the ring was uh, i'm not sure like part of a like a Masonic group or something like that, maybe. And and are you thinking then, so that Lincoln is innocent? Um, from Lincoln's own story, I think he's he's not innocent, but he he's not guilty of this crime. If that makes sense. Yeah, so he's he, done he, like he's done he's crimes, done... but not this crime. He's not murdered yeah. someone, but he, he, he shouldn't be done... on he shouldn't be on death row. Right, right, right. He could be in prison for a couple of years, but not death row. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay. And then that's pretty much it, isn't it? Is there anyone else we haven't touched on? Uh... Oh, Bellic. Bellic is looking through uh, the... He asked someone to look for the system for an Alan Schweitzer to see if he was an inmate. So he's sort of on to Schofield as well in some form. Oh, he had a really good line as well earlier when they were like shaking down the cell where he said, oh, you're in Pope's pocket or something like that. And he said, well, the warden may run this prison in the day, but I run it in the night. Yeah. That's scary. He's trying to be scary and intimidating, isn't he? Yeah. It's kind of with these, with these, what's quite strange with, with this type of program, which is, you know, really clever writing, really clever how they put these things together, is that you're on the side of the inmate Mm. you're always on the side of the inmate you never ever want the so-called you know the prison wardens or what should be the good guys to to kind of 
you know succeed or achieve um have you ever watched orange is the new black yeah the whole so throughout the whole thing all all you want is is the inmates to succeed and achieve you you, the only person that actually in terms of authority that you like is um the warden is it caputo caputo yeah yeah so Caputo is the only one that you actually sort of like because you feel sorry for him. Everyone else is pretty much a piece of shit. And it's the same with this, is is that you, you kind of care, you start to care about the inmates, even from now, from the second episode in, and you automatically see the, the prison guards as, as pieces of shit and, and they're just assholes for no reason. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The, the, the only person that you kind of don't think that about is is the doctor Mm, that's true that's true because i guess you don't see her as like an authoritative figure like she's not she's not part of the corrections team she's like medical so i guess it kind of yeah sits in a slightly different bracket Mm. then i think that's it if we touched on everything i think we've got for everyone so the, the characters that are in the episode so we've got michael Lincoln, Veronica, uh, Sucre, Abruzzi, Pope. He's had his moment. That's about it, though, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, Bellic, Dr. Tancredi, Teabag, we talked about a lot. Maytag, you know, God rest him. Cena rest Hope. in peace. <laughs> um, Westmoreland, Kellerman and his little mate. And then there's Falzone and Small House. So they're, they're pretty much, that's pretty <laughs> much everyone. Small House. It's brilliant. <laughs> Well, what's your predi- <laughs> yeah, Millhouse. What's your prediction going forward then, Dom? Well, I'm hoping Michael still has his little toes. Yeah. Of his left foot. One thing I will say is that you get a bit hot and sweaty. And in those sorts of situations, you get nervous, don't you? You're talking to someone who's like a bit of a mob boss who's is eventually going to threaten to cut your toes off and may or may not do it. But I'd be a bit sweaty. I'd be a bit hot. You know, you're taking my sock off. There's going to be fluff. There's no fluff on his say, foot. I thought he was going to say, there's going to be an odour. I've sweated <laughs> into mean, these socks. There's that as well. But there's there's going to be fluff. There's going to be fluff attached to that foot from that sock because of, the you know, the uh, perspiration clinging to the cotton ratio. And his foot was was perfect. There was, there was no... no fluff blemishes at all but what does that mean though if they take your sock off and see fluff they're just gonna be like okay we're gonna cut off your oh god (laughs) someone get a hose someone you hose quick jesus never seen so much fluff on one so much jam here pass a scone (laughs) toe (laughs) Toe jam but are you are you are you saying that you can pull off your sock and there's no fluff I mean, it would help if you wore socks. <laughs> uh, no, that well. I mean, to, to be, be fair, fair, Simon, it would help if you wore trousers while we were doing these podcasts. <laughs> Wouldn't help me. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the uh, I don't know. I don't really get. I kind of use sports socks, um, and they're a bit less like like i don't know woolly so they're not really the fluff type um but the older i get and the hairier i get the more fluff i seem to pull out of my belly button (laughs) (laughs) 
or on a daily basis, just like pre, it's like a pre-shower ritual. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> what I, like, do you do with drop, it? Do you discard? Put, do, you, do you throw it on the no, floor? No, I keep I keep it together, and then trying trying to make a little rope. Um, <laughs> just it's actually my get out of prison. That's how I would get out of prison. I would just weave it <laughs> into you. a rope and then use that to climb out. So, how long do you think that would take? Well, for me, not How much long, fluff are you pulling out of there? <laughs> a good a amount dig. these days. Have a little dig now. I want to see what's in there. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that can't see, which is all of you, he is having a dig in his belly button right now. <laughs> I, I really hope this. <laughs> oh, Get I'm in there. Oh, wow. Put that up to the screen. Wow. So we've got like, let's say half a centimeter's worth of fluff. And you get that. That's real. I'm not even joking. That's real. That is real. That has just come straight out of his belly button. That was, I mean, it was amazing and horrendous to see at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) If I bring it really close. Yeah, there's there's nearly a centimeter's worth of fluff there. That's a lot of fluff. (laughs) My wife enjoys getting it sometimes, but... Um, sometimes there's not time. Sometimes so I you, just have to do it. You share the fluff. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to share this bit with you? I can send it. Um. What you should do is send it uh, to a listener as a competition. <laughs> <laughs> um, leave us a leave us a rating. Leave us a review. In that rating review, put hashtag Simon's belly button fluff. I'm pretty certain that. <laughs> I'm more concerned this is going to get us our first one-star review. <laughs> Please don't. Look, if if this belly button situation has offended you in some way, take it out on me on my own. Don't don't punish Dom with this with a one-star. It's not it's not his fault. He didn't know that was going to happen. But do, do you know do you know what it is though? If we if we let's get scientific. It's actually as I've got older and uh, the hair on my body has um, has thickened um, that, you know, to the point that if I was shirtless, you might think that I wasn't, you know. You might... <laughs> <laughs> but the, so what I'm saying is, is there's a kinetic friction that happens when, when you're wearing, wearing your clothes and, and the wool and, and the fabrics. And then over the day, that energy is pulling the, the 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 cotton, the wool, the fluff, and then it's putting it in the only place that it can. It's trying to bury down deep, and there's only one crevice there, um, and it's 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 a hole, it's a little little trench, and you go. It's a well, if anything, because it, it's circular. And at the bottom of the well, you get a little pile of fluff at the end of the day, and I like to put it out. And it's quite nice feeling pulling it out. It's kind of like <laughs> pulling the plug out of the bath. It's like, oh, I can breathe a little bit easier now. Oh, wow. Does that, does that feel good getting that out and explaining? I mean, it's not something I ever expected to speak about publicly. But I mean, as, we... as, so, as this happens oh so often on our weekly, podcast. Yeah. Weekly revelations of Simon's life. <laughs> Are you going to so... put that fluff back in so it can continue to collect? <laughs> I put it in my pocket, actually. You've kept so... it. You have kept it. Okay, because I mean, that's not weird at all. It's not. That's fine. I'm not... Um, <laughs> if you're going to go add it to the pile that you've got, probably in the bathroom or something like that, that's just okay. gathering. 
Okay, I was joking about the rope thing, and I have put it in my pocket to put it in to put it into the into the bin. But usually, this is a shower ritual, so it just goes down the drain. Can I ask? That's can probably I ask not one thing, the for, for for one week, from from today until next Friday, you keep all that fluff just for one week. I want to see how much how much you gather. Because if you manage all like um, a, quite a su- substantial amount in one week, then the whole of prison break is flawed, and he should have just focused on fluff. Uh, that should have been his escape <laughs> method. I don't know how, but do he's a know, smart guy. Do you know what I reckon his problem was? I bet his belly buttons and outie nowhere to store the fluff. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. Well, do you know well, he's so smooth from all the tattoos? There's no kinetic hair energy or whatever you said physics that's it it. you know you know as well is we um we never used to dry our clothes like as in in a not just put the clothes on wet just wet (laughs) they'll dry eventually his old stray arm and his fluff (laughs) stray fluff oh god fluffy belly button but the um so we I we have a dryer now and we bought um when we moved house we turned the garage into like a utility room type thing and uh I I we bought American washer dryers because uh, that's always been my dream you know like the top load I've had very 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 strange dreams but you know the, like the top loading washer and then the separate dryer so now we dry the clothes but it means that they come out with that it's already got some kinetic energy in there. So I reckon that's also accelerating the, the fluff. Uh, but I need to ask you a question. Yeah. Do you get fluff in your belly button? Sure. Yeah. No, don't just, don't just like, okay. you know, I'll, with a I'll say sure. It, I'll say me... it here and I'll say it once. I get fluff in my belly button too. On a daily basis? On a daily basis. And would you, you dig it out? You gotta remove that stuff, man. You, you can't have excessive cluggage. <laughs> what do you do with it? It goes in the bin. Okay, so you're not doing it in the shower. You're doing it in the kitchen next to the bin. Well, I have a bin in my room. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've spent more time talking about this than we did on some of the. <laughs> Main characters in the show. <laughs> hey, Veronica got less time than belly button fluff. <laughs> she okay, is let... belly button fluff. She... Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, discard that in the bin. <laughs> right. <laughs> Let's move on to our judgments of the episode, which is incredibly important. We have to, uh, uh, to uh, explain who our favorite characters are, and hopefully, we end with the same rating at the end of the episode as well and if we don't it's almost like a battle of wills and a fight to the death to decide what the overall rating of the episode is isn't that for right? sure but and also dom what about people that might want to get involved in the patreon so for anyone as simon just explained that wants to listen to more of our content and get all the super extra bonus stuff that we do then please listen to this
Hello and welcome to 1030 Productions. You just became a raven. Welcome to Prisneyland, fish. Our network is made up of two podcasts. The Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast covering each individual episode of the show. And Fox River, a prison break podcast covering each individual episode of the show. All of our podcast episodes are free on all podcast platforms. But if you'd like to support us on our podcast journey, then we have free Patreon tiers with bonus content and ways to connect with us that we would love to share with you. All of our Patreon tiers include all of our podcasts. The first tier, Junior Varsity or The Yard. Get on the train, please. Get on the train. You will receive one week early release on all episodes, Ravens and Fox River, as well as exclusive access to our One Tree Hill monthly bonus episodes, our Prison Break monthly bonus episodes, access to the Mighty 90s movie and TV podcast episodes, and a patron shout out on the podcast. The second tier, Varsity. Look, I've got an opening in my lineup. Varsity. Chance of a lifetime. What do you say? Or Gen Pop. Popping off up in Gen Pop! all of the perks from Junior Varsity and The Yard and join us live on a bonus episode, Ravens or Fox River, to have your say and ask questions as well as access to monthly Q&A video sessions. And the final tier, Hall of Fame or The Hole. When you call a piece of white trash who couldn't pass the cops exam and now makes less than a mailman. A C-O. If there's anyone out there that loves our work this much, then we want to speak with you. So you get all of the previous perks and we will invite you on to co-host an episode of the podcast with us. We appreciate any level of support from you listening right now to any of our Patreon tiers. We love doing this and we appreciate you all. You can find the Patreon link in the description or at ravenshoops.net. Okay, now Simon, let's get to our ratings of the episode so i want you to tell me who your favorite performer of the episode was please i'm gonna say again i'm gonna go with wentworth miller i know we chose him in the first in the pilot but he was exceptional in this episode he showed fear really well he showed cunning all all of his emotions just his acting it was pitch perfect so i'm gonna give it to wentworth miller what about you, my friend? I'm going to go for exactly the same. Just great acting, great emotion throughout it. Um, a very good sense of... Um, you could really understand exactly what he was trying to portray in every scene. And I, I actually thought it was very, very good and very well put together. The fear that's put into him at the end of the episode was brilliant. And the way Wentworth Miller brings that across was fantastic. So he's 100% going to Wentworth Miller. Nice. And your favourite character of the episode? Uh, it's hard to not say Michael. Um, I'm going to say someone different just to, to mix it up. I'm going to say as despicable and horrible as he is, I'm going to say Teabag because he is one of my favourites. It's odd. Obviously, he is a terrible person, but he is a great antagonist and i love the way that robert nepper plays him and uh yeah and he only gets better as well so i'm gonna say teabag what about you well you've beaten me to it again because uh, i am also gonna say teabag what what a great introduction into the show um absolutely horrible horrible type of character but so fantastically played and 
just so creepy and eerie. I'd love to find out from the actor how he put that together. Because you might imagine directing that and saying, this is exactly the type of character that I need and being able to do it. <laughs> you know, just as an actor, just being able to turn that on and be that creepy weirdo that is essentially a child um, killer. It's horrible, but he does it so well. And just him at the end when he's hanging off the bars and he's calling out to Michael, you know, saying that he's coming for him. And yeah, really, really, really good character. Brilliantly put together. It's very close between um, Wentworth Miller and him for, for best performer, but definitely getting best character on this episode. Nice. Let 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 me ask you one so you get first go. What who what was your favorite line? I think my favorite line is actually uh T-Bag's introduction when uh Michael says, "Does this T-Bag have a name?" and he says, "That is my real name." I think that <laughs> just that line on on its own is was good enough to be like, "This is who I am. This is I'm important. I'm a big deal. Why the hell don't you know my name?" Mm. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. What about yourself? I'm going to say the, uh, I need my phone call. Yeah, okay, no problem. Do you want a pizza and a pedicure as well? <laughs> I, I like that one. Because I was thinking, yeah, that'd be great. Pizza, pedicure. Have you ever had a pedicure? No, never. Manicure? Nope. I had my first one uh, in New York last year uh no at the end of 2019 sorry uh, whenever <laughs> and it was game changing my wife and i had one on new year's eve and wow wow it's so good wow. like particularly on the feet like the pedicure is amazing it felt so good like you know getting all the dead skin off uh the, the foot bath you get the massage chair Loved it. Had another one in London uh, a few months later. Not as good. Still good. Uh, I'm down for more. Do they do one for belly button fluff? Is that an optional extra? But Dom, I'm so good at doing it myself. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You don't need help for that. Uh, Not when you're the master of something already. You know, you don't want to pay out for something you can do for free. That just Fair makes enough. no that's that makes no sense. There's no uh, no no business sense in that at all. <laughs> okay. Did what you have is... a favorite oh, yeah. background performer? I wanted to say Maytag, but I didn't know if Maytag had enough had more than one line. So we, we say a background performer they have to have one line or less. And I feel like even if he didn't have more than one line he had more he had enough of a presence to warrant not being background i think he was he was he had his own sort of little storyline so um i don't think he could count um so i'm gonna say uh a brutesy's guy that um is that holds michael when they're gonna cut his toe who would yours be um, I'm gonna go for the one that removes the sock <laughs> and and holds holds the uh, the shears or the, the the clippers to 
to his toes. So that's that's the guy. The guy that's the guy doing all the heavy lifting right here. That's <laughs> he's he's got to take that sock off. He's taking that fluff risk. He's got to take those toes <laughs> off. That's you know he's he's the main man in in this scene. So he's he's it goes to him today from me. Fair, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> and then is it just the rating? It is now the vital, the key rating. So we give the the rating an episode out of 10, 10 being the highest, one being the worst. I very much doubt either of us are going to be at the lower levels or five or below. So do we want to do it on three? We do it like we do on our other podcasts. So we go one, two, yes. three, and we both say a number. Yeah, let's go for it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready, my friend. Okay, here we go. We're going to go one, two, three, nine. Ten. Ooh. Oh, do you know? I was gonna go nine, and then I was thinking, but why? Like it's so good, it's so good. But I, I can agree to a nine because I was gonna do it. Like I'm not gonna fight you. But then I thought maybe he'll go ten. Maybe we'll just go back to back tens. I, I, so I'm happy to. I'm happy to go to a nine. Um, what, what was your reason for not giving it a ten? Um, the, the first episode is so good. It's like such a great introduction. I felt like on this episode, there was a lot more cutscenes and running away from, you know, there's a lot of chopping and changing. So obviously we've had the pilot episode and they, they, they use the pilot episode to sell it to a network, don't they? And that, and it sold the program to me. So well done. It definitely got a 10 from the pilot. Then we get to this episode and there's so much that happens. It jumps and changes so often. It actually got to a point in the episode where I'm thinking, surely this must be the end of the episode. And then it carried on and there was a bit more. I was like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's great that it's it's carried on. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. But I kind of feel like there needs to be, I've, to, I've got to take in so much information now and I've got to try and keep that going so I, I had to write down all the characters names as they were coming up because there were there were so many and um there, there were so many like storylines that are eventually going to interweave and, and connect but when you look at like the sucre story um and what was happening on you know in his outside world that could have been taken out um and it, you know we we had the, the the race fight and stuff like that which is really good and then the the bits with Lincoln were also really good, but I just felt like there was that kind of one moment really, but with um, what's her name, Mary, 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 Mary Cruz, Mary Cruz, sorry, coming out of the limo and that bit, it it probably it's there as a plot device probably for the next episode, so that we know something may or may not have happened with her, and and Sucre has to explain when he comes out of the shoe why he didn't phone on her birthday and so on and so on. But it, it just kind of felt like a really unnecessary part of the episode. That's the only reason I think I felt like it was like going on a bit too long and a bit too much to, to, to go in at once. It, it was, a, it felt just a little bit unnecessary. And that's the only reason. Other uh, than that, it's fantastically put together a great episode and very well acted. Yeah, I can, I can see all of that. And there, there are, Oh, there's some 
so many amazing episodes to come that are definitely 10 worthy so it makes sense that that this one would be would be a nine so uh i think i probably just got a little bit excited but so <laughs> i'm happy i'm happy to meet at a nine and uh and call it a nine so we'll, we'll certify this as a nine we'll certify this as a nine that's going in the record books right there love it excellent, excellent. so Thank you so much for listening. Simon, thank you for your time, as always. It's beautiful thank to you. do podcasts with you. And our, our second one on Fox River. It's been great. I've loved it. I'm I'm so excited to keep going, to keep going on this journey. Behind and through bars. Can't wait. Absolutely. Me too. If you would like to leave us a rating, please go into any podcast platform. So you'll find us on iTunes, you'll find us on Spotify, you'll find us absolutely anywhere, Google Play, the whole lot. Please go and find us, leave us a rating, leave us a review. It means so much to us. Uh, We have loads of great supporters and loads of people listening that are great. They are all fantastic and we we love it so much. Um, And we love your feedback as well. So please get in touch with us. So at Fox River Podcast on Instagram uh, and you can join our Patreon as well. So all the information of that was earlier on in the episode. Uh, But it's all found on our link, in our bio, on our Instagram. And you can drop us a message, ping us a line, tell us what you think, tell us what you thought about the episode, tell us what you think about, you know, might happen in the next episode if you've not watched it before. Simon, anything to add? Yeah, no, you got it all. Thank you, everyone, for your support. This uh, is so much fun. We just enjoy doing this and talking about, you know, TV shows and movies that we love. So it's uh, incredibly humbling that, uh, you know, anybody listens to this at all, um, you know, let yeah, let alone enjoys it. So uh, we're, uh, we're incredibly grateful for your support. And, uh, yeah, we hope you enjoy the ride. And if you join the Patreon, we hope you enjoy our additional content. And, uh, yeah, thank you. Stay safe. Thank you so much. Stay safe. Take care. And we'll see you next week.